1: And for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. To you.
0: Peach just cracked another rushes which means it is time for another spooker even though it's the same night and <laughs> it's only so been he's had a few and <laughs> fuck okay yes
1: yes he's just it's just another it's another portion of the Classy, night it is <laughs> what's the date again <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah, anyway. Sorry, sorry. So I want to I, I want to talk about a genre of film that we haven't touched on, but oh, we've been talking about horror. Movies, so <laughs> yeah. No, but oh, sorry, sorry. A yep. subgenre within horror. I'm with you. And we've talked about it quite a few times mm. this idea that the lower the budget, the scarier it kind of feels.
1: Oof, yeah, okay. I think I'm. Yeah, okay, cool. Yes.
0: Now, what if you took that idea and flipped it? and said, this crappy footage is actually real footage.
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre trailer style.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But as if to say, but not to be like, this is based on a true story, to be like, what you're seeing is actual real footage and all we've done is stitched it together and shown it to you, see what you think. It's a genre called found footage and uh, it is arguably one of the scariest types of horror film when done right.
1: I can't believe we're going to watch my favourite movie, Nine Millimetre. Did you ever see Nine Millimetre? No, I didn't. There's a cool (laughs) bit at
0: the end where Nicolas Cage, who... It's so funny to think, Nicolas Cage has had the opposite film career to someone like Matthew McConaughey. Remember how, like, early days Matthew McConaughey, we were like, he's a joke, what an idiot, like, what a goofball. And then something happened, and all of a sudden he was everyone's favourite actor, not just because they liked him, but, like, serious actor. Everyone was like, he's so good. Ditto with Nicolas Cage where, like, and I know he's such a meme, but keep in mind, there was a time when everyone was like, is there a better actor in Hollywood? (laughs) Like, who can act better than Nicolas Cage? And then everything flipped. Like, oh, everyone can act better
1: (laughs) than Nicolas Cage. It was like, oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) We got that one wrong.
0: So there's this really cool bit at the end of Nine Millimeter where he's been chasing down this like snuff film ring where they make like snuff films, which is not like uh, after doing a little bit of research in it, like snuff films don't actually even exist. They were sort of created as marketing for a film in the '70s, and then it became an (laughs) urban legend that continues to this day. So it's not a thing. Like people don't make snuff films. It's not. I mean, look, maybe they do somewhere, (laughs) but it's not. It's not a thing. <clears throat> um, but there's this bit at the end where there's this actor in all the stuff films who wears a mask called Machine and he's in a fight in the rain with Machine and he takes off his mask and he's just his regular dude, like, like Aesop Rock. And, <laughs> and Machine goes, what did you expect? Some kind of monster. Which I always thought was like in a terrible film... That's not worth revisiting, that was a cool moment.
1: It is, Yeah, that is quite fun. He was expecting like a half-scarred face yeah. or a like missing eye. But or,
0: almost this kind of nerdy dude who probably like day-to-day people wouldn't look twice at. But at night, he's machine. That is quite insightful.
1: Isn't that cool? And I realised 9 9mm is not the film I meant now that, oh my, no, now, is now is that we're working about, it?
0: What is the film you talking I don't know. About? Isn't
1: there a found footage film that was some... Who's bad robot director didn't didn't bad robot guy Oh, do a found oh, footage film—the
0: one that's about like the the mon- like the Godzilla yeah, sort of thing—that's that's what New York. I
1: was is trying Nic- to refer to.
0: Nicolas Cage isn't in that. No, I didn't know where you were. Like I was like, oh, okay, you're like Nicholas Cage. I'm like, oh, okay, this, this is interesting.
1: I haven't seen it. I haven't seen either of these films.
0: Anyway, anyway, uh, speaking of films you haven't seen, I think th- what's cool about this podcast is mm. I-, I feel like there's a lot of cultural moments you've missed by avoiding yes. horror movies. So today mm. we're talking about one of the bigger cultural moments of like the last 20 years yep. the Blair Witch Project I'm spooked I just showed Paige the trailer to the Blair Witch Project a found footage film from 1999, Peach. What did you feel? What did you feel? What did you think watching that?
1: Pretty scared. Although I went philosophical pretty quickly. What like, do you mean? I I'm thinking about roller coasters and spicy peppers and like why do we do these uncomfortable things? I was like, this looks really upsetting and scary. I can't imagine the experience of watching it as anything other than upsetting and scary. That is a vibe people pursue. Aren't humans interesting and don't we have weird things about us? So I went reasonably like, humanity's an interesting thing pretty quickly. I don't know, Shag, you've seen it? What you, I don't know. What's your vibe? So there's a criticism to this film that
0: essentially nothing happens. <laughs> and it's, it's not untrue. It is not untrue. Okay. Uh, it's very much... This is very much a film you feel. This is very much a film that you have to lose yourself into the mythology of it.
1: Can I defend that? Yep, go. As a non horror person, mm-hmm. some of the things I find the spookoest are your little strings and your little spooks and your little atmospheric elements. Mm. So I can imagine just sort of hanging and being in the spooky atmosphere, being a proper spook-out experience.
0: What I think is so funny is it's like you picked a lot of beef with Eli Roth, but I think you and him share very similar oh. opinions about the horror genre. Like,
1: so I'm the Aesop Rock and he's the ASAP Rocky <laughs> of the horror, the horror vibe. All right.
0: Okay. So here's another cool thing about this. So... Hmm. I like I don't know why I obsess over like how much they were made for and how much they made, but it is something that like some of these films just blew up. So this film was made for sixty thousand dollars, which is so even in like even in nineteen ninety-nine when that was like tw- twenty million dollars. you make
1: six times that a year. <laughs> <laughs> you wear a watch that costs that much. <laughs> Are you going to edit that out or are you brave enough to keep it in? <laughs>
0: it's not a lot of money to make a film, there. basically. 60 grand. It made 248 million dollars. By plugging that into my computer's inbuilt calculator, yes. I've discovered that they made more than 4,000 times the amount of money they spent on it. That is insane. And I don't think the directors ever made anything good after that. But I've been thinking about this lately as well. It's like, and I know we've paid out a lot of British film directors (laughs) for for this very thing, but it's like... If you just make one great thing in your life, that's pretty
1: cool. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty it's cool. It's better than zero. It's better than zero. Imagine if I... if I said that battle rap thing. That would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if I'd actually done that. <laughs> would have been all right. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have regretted it for my entire life to now. How, how often do you think about that battle rap life? Oh, every few weeks.
0: <laughs> no, every... no.
1: Why do you think I was able to conjure it so quickly? <laughs>
0: wow. like it's
1: such a good line and it was there
0: (laughs) what is the feeling you feel when you remember it so what what does that regret
1: feel like it feels angry i'm really angry with myself i'm like your mind was too slow you were too slow you didn't prepare enough you were too slow you were too slow prime was there you know what i think of prime that rapper he's currently Mm -hmm. a sports journalist doing really interesting sports Mm journalist journalism purpose was there um He still has a very deep voice, I'm sure. Um, And they were the two rappers in the country I found most impressive at the time. Uh, Reasonable YouTube following on that in 2007 when YouTube was just like getting started. Shag, if I'd done that, we would have got the votes to then go into the finals where we we're up for a 50 grand prize, which I know for you big old Daddy <laughs> daddy Warbucks over here <laughs> is just a little drop in the ocean. <laughs> but for people like me, that would have been pretty nice. Um, and I wouldn't have had the failed rap career I had. So it's completely down to the eight or nine second delay and coming up with that excellent line.
0: That is your sliding doors moment. That is mm. unbelievable. Do you think you would still be a lawyer had you won that rap battle?
1: Uh, life would almost certainly be <laughs> almost exactly the same. <laughs> but, but I would have said that line and it would have given me great pleasure to have done so. Right. And we probably would have won that anyway. Yep, cool. I can sketch out the what ifs. But because I'm so I, I'm super paranoid about time travel, right? I was interviewed for this lawyer's thing the other day. like, what advice would you go back in time and give yourself? And I'm like, man, I'm not going back and fucking around with my timeline. Like, I'm very happy. But the only thing I would go back in time and do and be like, speech That's my one change. So the Blair Witch Project seems a pretty <laughs> <laughs> seems a pretty good film.
0: It tells the fictional story of three student filmmakers, mm. Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard, who hike in the good names. who hike in the Black Hills near Burkittsville, Maryland, mm. in 1994 to film a documentary about a local legend known as the Blair Witch. The three disappeared, but their equipment and footage is discovered a year later. The purportedly recovered footage is the film the viewers see. So that's the thing. Like The idea about the found footage genre is there's no created scenes. Every single bit of footage is meant to be a real bit of footage that the the filmmakers have just stitched together, almost like a documentary, Mm -hmm. but to tell a horror narrative.
1: But we heard then of the three children have disappeared. Like like We heard audio that was obviously not from
0: Oh yeah but that's audio of like local film reports.
1: So is that more you sort can of splice found that in. For, yeah, okay so we're splicing in You
0: splice in. it in for like color. Okay. So you're not so cuz the other thing is it's like you don't want it to be boring. You've got to like No but it's true right Like you don't You don't want to just see The same thing over and over again Because the idea might be great But the audience is like Yeah we get it They're lost Whatever And plus Showing news reports Makes you go Hang on maybe this is real (laughs) And even though you know It's not real There's something in you That's like Look I know I've even read In this Wikipedia thing It says it's a fictional story But Maybe, it was. <laughs> Maybe? There was a, there yeah. was a news report. <laughs> um, anyway, so American and Sanchez conceived of a fictional... American le- and Sanchez are the two directors, mm. uh, Daniel and uh, Eduardo. They conceived of a fictional legend of Blair Witch in 1993. They developed a 35-page screenplay... And again, when I say nothing happens in the film, from what I understand, a 35-page screenplay is not a long screenplay. Okay. I, again, I don't know film. This is not a film
1: My, like my knowledge expert. is based mainly on my dim recollection of the first two seasons of Entourage. That's basically what I... <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> That's basically my knowledge of how Hollywood works.
0: I know we've talked about this already, but mm. it's crazy to think how much we loved that show yeah, when it first came out. It's
1: about the worst show. Like, We need to make sure no one sees that show.
0: We yeah. have to destroy yeah. all memories of it. Agreed. Even if we have to
1: scorch the earth. That's a MF cancelled. That's, sh- that's properly cancelled, Entourage.
0: So, okay, so they develop this thing. Mm. They sell it in. Blah, blah, blah. They make it. When they, they sell it... Well, I don't know how Sundance works, but it gets shown at Sundance. It's premiered at Sundance. Yep. Its promotional marketing campaign listed the actors as either missing or deceased. Which is a pretty cool spin I like it when the marketing and the film Works together to tell a greater narrative Because then it's that meta thing Again, even though you know Absolutely this is fake, you're like, well hang on is it f- maybe-, <laughs> maybe it's not maybe. and even though you know it's not it's also like even if you can just suspend your disbelief and think it's real for that 82 mm-hmm. minutes that this film runs for which again is not a long movie which is again why you're like okay so it
1: <laughs> won't like, waste too much it's, time. Not a,
0: it's, not a per- it's not a perfect film anyway anyway so Basically, and like we said, the film is po- uh, popularized the found footage uh, genre. Paranormal Activities, the big series that came out of the found footage genre. Also Cloverfield's that one we were
1: talking about. That maybe was what I was trying to that refer to. It
0: doesn't include Nicolas Cage. We were talking about Nicolas Cage. Then you said Nine Millimetre, but you were thinking about Cloverfield. Bang. What a what a roller coaster Shaggy that smashed was. smashed
1: it out of the park. Anyway. <laughs> what a spicy pepper.
0: Blair Witch Project. Have
1: we finished talking about it now or have <laughs> we not started? Like, I'm super this diss- I've got no idea what's going on. Okay, okay, okay. Pete,
0: so let's do this, all right? Uh, this is the Blair Witch Project. Oh, fuck, we haven't started. No, we haven't. Here we are, though. Here
1: we are. Let's do it. all right. We're in the Black Hills, Maryland. So let's do it.
0: In October 1994, film students Heather, Mike and Josh set out to produce a documentary about the fabled Blair Witch.
1: They... Heather, Mike and Josh, good name for a band.
0: They travel to Burkittsville, Maryland, and interview residents about the legend. Locals tell them of Rustin Parr, a hermit who lived in the woods and kidnapped eight children in the 1940s, killing seven of them supposedly on the orders of the witch. After spending the night at a motel, the Uh. students explore the woods in North Burkittsville to research the legend. Along the way, they meet two fishermen, one of whom warns them that the woods are haunted.
1: Uh, I'm already medium-spooked.
0: He also tells them of a young girl named Robin Weaver, who went missing in 1888. When she returned three days later, she talked about an old woman whose feet never touched the ground. His companion, however, is sceptical of the story. The students hike to Coffin Rock, where five men were found ritualistically murdered in the 19th century. Their bodies later disappeared. The group camps for the night. Ugh. Now, keep in mind, this I, is,
1: like I'm spooked out. Yeah, like oh, I'd have said yeah to that. Oof.
0: And this is told like it's a documentary, and you know, people interviewing people or people talking to the camera, being like, "Come on, let's go camp over here. This looks like a good." You know, it's like you feel like you're there with them, and you know, it's like the Titanic as well. It's like you know something bad's coming. You don't know when it's going to come, but you know it's just around the corner. It feels real because it's blending that those lines between what's real and what's not. Just everything's going for it at the moment. I think some of those things are genuinely pretty spooky. Like you don't have to go super hard into all the details about the witch. You don't have to talk about it. You just have to say she's a woman whose feet never touch the ground. Yeah, fuck. Which is pretty spooky. Can I sleep at your
1: house rather than sleeping <laughs> at the office. Time. <laughs>
0: all right. So they move deeper into the woods the next day and locate what appears to be an old cemetery with seven small cans. And set up nearby Okay, I'm just going to follow the link
1: No, Cairns is like a burial mound
0: Oh, is that what that is? Yeah So hang on, is Cairns in Australia named after a burial mound? It's a huge part
1: mountain? of dead people But
0: is that what it's named after? I is that... don't believe so <laughs> That's interesting I, I didn't... <laughs> Pete, you learn something every day
1: Well, I didn't... I just told you that I, Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't... I, I, did... I, learned... <laughs> I learned fuck all <laughs> <laughs> Okay, alright, okay, okay I okay. learned that you didn't know that, actually That's what I learned <laughs>
0: So again, I mean, look, I do love horror movie logic. So, they go deep into the woods. They find a some sort of a cemetery with a bunch of cans, and they're like, "This is the place where we need to set up camp. This yeah, is ah, like, oh, the <laughs>
1: dead, the dead children's <laughs> spot.
0: Yeah, oh, there's seven of them." So it is The Dead Kids. I didn't, I didn't even put two and two together. I was just along for the ride. Fuck, so like, I'm spooked.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Like, now I want to get to the end. Like, this is the other horror movie thing. I'm like, let's sprint to the end of this. Okay, no, I want
0: to take this really. I'm like oh, Paul Keating fuck. and you're John Heeson. Oh, I'm going to do oh, you slowly. <laughs> so that night, they hear... You the... are
1: slowing down. <laughs> I am,
0: I am, because things are about to get really spooky. Uh, okay, so you ready? That night, mm. they hear the sound... Of twigs snapping from all directions But assume the noises are from animals or locals Now the local thing's weird because they're deep in the forest Uh. Now the following day they get up They try to hike back to the car But are unable to find it before dark And make camp again They again hear twigs snapping they go outside. They're like, "Cool, we're going to get to the bottom of this," but they can't find
1: the source of the sounds. In the morning, is it over yet? Like, like, how close are we to the oh, end? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. There's like uh, five paragraphs left. Oh, Pete, this
0: actually—I just read a little bit ahead, and even I got a little shiver
1: down my spine. Oh okay. shit, man! No, I'm actually going. I might <laughs> like this. Might be the one that freaks me out.
0: All right, all right. In the morning, they find that three cans have been built around their tent. During
1: the night. Yeah, okay, that's real, Spooko. Well done. Bravo. Well,
0: what I like though, what I like though, the next line is which unnerves them.
1: Hey, like, no, it. <laughs>
0: I can't quite put yeah, my finger like, on it. I can't okay. just yeah, I don't have, like them. It's just you. like look, I know they're just cans, <laughs> yeah, but
1: no, yeah.
0: <laughs> as they continue, Heather learns her map is missing. Mike later reveals he kicked it into a creek the previous day out of frustration which prompts Heather and Josh to attack him in a rage they realise they are now lost and decide simply to head south they eventually reach a section where they discover a multitude of humanoid stick figures suspended from trees so that's the thing you've seen in the promotional yeah let's keep going keep going I don't care shut up keep going think about but like so many just hanging from trees and just like no no yeah But isn't that spooky? It's insanely spooky. But, like, embrace, like, be there. Be in this, be in this. This is it.
1: No. No, I will not. Okay. All right. You see, this is like, I like laughing at Hellraiser and being like, oh, look out, guys. Your head's going to explode.
0: I don't like being spooked. Okay, so they camp again. They again hear sounds that night, including those of children laughing, among other strange noises.
1: Yeah, okay, I'm a little bit more relaxed. Like straight up ghosts and spooks, I feel a little bit more relaxed.
0: You're right, actually. Children laughing, I'm like, oh, well, now I know. Yeah. After an unknown force shakes the tent, they flee in panic and hide in the woods until dawn. Upon returning to their tent, they find that their possessions have been rifled through and Josh's equipment is covered with slime.
1: Cool, yeah, I'm I'm more relaxed now. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the slime, yeah, anyway. They come across a log on a river identical to one they crossed earlier. They realize they have walked in a circle despite thinking they traveled south all day and once again made camp. Josh suffers a breakdown while holding the camera, taunting Heather for their circumstances and her constant recording of the events. So keep in mind as well, like, as this is happening. Yeah, they're
1: trying to do it. They're trying to be like, yeah, so what have we just done? Yeah, so we've just made camp and we've. Yeah,
0: and it's like, oh, so waking up now, heard some strange noises outside. Heard some twig snapping. Waking up in the morning, I'm pretty unnerved by these three cans.
1: <laughs> is, well, this... <laughs> what do you think about the bitch? Eh? Oh man, like I, like this is this is it, hey? This is this is good. Like this is maybe maybe I'm I am on the precipice of learning what horror movies are about because I'm pretty. I,
0: I like, and I can see you. I can see you reacting the way I react in a film. Oof, and I love this. Okay, all right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Josh disappears the next morning and Heather and Mike try in vain to find him before slowly moving on. That night, they hear Josh's agonized screams in the darkness but are unable to locate him. Mike and Heather theorize that Josh's screams are a fabrication by the witch to draw them out of their tent.
1: Okay, so we're fully... all right.
0: Well, I mean, at this point, you stop being unnerved by cans around your tent and you start being like, okay, this is clearly stuff's happening I mean their shit's been rifled through
1: there's slime on the camera yeah but if they were going to kill it like now you're like well if they're going to kill me they probably would kill me by now
0: see that's such a good thought like why doesn't anyone ever think that it's like well if I'm not dead they must like me
1: not all of them are battle rappers like me I'm like yeah what what's up what's up what's good anyone out here yeah 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 didn't think so just gonna go back to the car problems no yeah good didn't think so alright see you later so the oh next- cans! Yeah, <laughs> fucking pretty scary. Awesome. Yeah.
0: The next day, outside her tent, Heather discovers a bundle of sticks tied with a piece of fabric from Josh's shirt. As she searches, that's
1: her- awesomely scary. Isn't that cool? Yep.
0: As she searches through it, she finds blood-soaked scraps of Josh's shirt, as well as teeth, hair, and what appears to be a piece of his tongue.
1: <sighs> cool. To be to say honest, I
0: wouldn't know. Like, yeah, I would be like, like, oh, shit,
1: I think that might be.
0: You
1: know? like, but there's other things like, you know what I think that might be? Hang on, there's the teeth, yeah.
0: There's
1: the hair. Uh,
0: although distraught by the discovery, she chooses not to tell Mike. That night, Heather records herself apologising to her family and to Mike's and Josh's families, taking full responsibility for their predicament. Full What? No, because she's the one who wanted to do this. Like, so in 1994, when Mm. this was supposedly shot, documentaries like this were the podcasts of their day. Yes. So imagine if I was like, Peach, we're going to do a podcast about the Blair Witch. Mm. Let's go and set up a studio near these cans. Oh, yeah. And then when we tried to leave that podcast after doing however many on a scary night trying to discover the thing Mm. and we couldn't leave, I'd be like, Peach, this this podcast was my idea, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'd have
1: you'd apologise to my family as well.
0: Yeah. I'd be like, Dad, Bill, Alice, Kids, <laughs> uh,
1: Rob, Yvonne. My dogs? What are their names again? <laughs> um,
0: shit. Uh, DJ Dogs, one of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Dogs. <laughs> Chris, 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 Chris. So, Peach has this amazing thing that I absolutely adore. So, Peach and his wife have been pretty amazing in taking in some rescue dogs. One of which was, I think, a badly traumatised greyhound. <laughs> Clarence, thank you And back in the day, Clarence was almost paralyzed Clarence could not show any emotion Clarence was just clearly just distraught by the life he had lived so far Which, on the one hand, was devastating But the other hand, meant that when he was lying down with his paws next to him You could pick up one paw put it by his ear <laughs> to, hold and, his and to hold his invisible headphones. headphones in place and pick up the other paw and record scratch and go screw 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 DJ dog but now happy ending Clarence is a super happy dog and when you show up he's wagging his tail yep. and being like
1: hey what's going on he'd be a good battle DJ I suspect <laughs> DJ dog like I would do that rick ring what yeah who wants some real rick a real 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 real
0: like that like old school sort of like 90s quasi performative commercial rap like cypress hill where they were always like stern faced they never yeah, smiled it was like, always yeah, like mm,
1: we're yeah. pretty tough and
0: you'd cut to the dj and the dj would be looking at the camera being like oh what is a fucking cameraman what <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh fucking selling out of here i'm just trying to do some authentic real <laughs> real real non-intentional no, anyway, anyway. life form that Australian band Oh I man. do Yes They had a DJ in there And, I, and <laughs> it was just at that stage Where no one knew Why it was good Or what they were there for So they'd just be a bit of They'd be playing a song And they'd just be a bit of like Like a scare scream, In the background And everyone's like Yeah man DJs Well What's
0: I mean up? Like Slipknot still have a DJ In their band And it's I think it's tough Because With Slipknot You're already There's already a lot of people In the band Who don't do much They've got three percussionists <laughs> One is the main drummer, right? Which is awesome. One of which is Clown, who doesn't do much, but his whole thing is he directs all the videos and he has a clown mask, which is seen by many as the scary one. But then you've got the DJ and there's not a lot of use for records or samples and stuff in Slipknot Music. So he's sort of relegated to... There'll be like a breakdown. So it'll be like a really heavy song and it'll be like, you know, people equal shit, people equal... And then there'll be a breakdown and all of a sudden he'll play this old record that'll be like, my little buttercup. And then, like, Whoa, you know, that's sort of... It, it just doesn't work. Bad tangent. Let's move on.
1: No, look, no,
0: let's stay there.
1: From, uh, let's linger.
0: <laughs> all right, okay, okay, all right. So... She's just apologised to all the families And that's that famous shot of her being like I'm so, so You know, her talking to the camera Man, the, the,
1: we, the woman whose feet never touched the ground Like, I've not left that thought Anyway, continue
0: Alright, so we're getting, we're getting close to the end Prepare to be disappointed by the ending of a $60,000 film They again hear Josh's agonised cries for help And followed them to a derelict, abandoned house Containing symbols and children's bloody handprints on the walls
1: yeah, you say this is vastly less spooky. I'm like, yep, cool, awesome.
0: But also it's like if the kids, if the kids are out laughing and they're part of it, why are they, why do they have bloody handprints? Like what's the yeah, point of yeah, that? Yeah, what does that is, even mean?
1: This is so much less spooko than than the other stuff.
0: Okay, so Mike races upstairs to find Josh while Heather follows. Mike says he hears Josh in the basement. He runs downstairs while a hysterical Heather struggles to keep up. Upon reaching the basement... And when we say struggles to keep up, this is where the camera like, starts
1: like... bravo for them filming, I must say. Like, <laughs> do, like all criticisms aside, what total legends for being so committed to their craft, for having the scariest moment of their life, of being like, no, no, we are documentary filmmakers and we are making a film. It's like if- the opposite of Ring, right? Ringu, what you should have yeah. done is exactly this. Yeah. Got the curse... Shivers I got the curse. Alright. Ed TV. I want three cameras on me the whole time. Let's find out how I'm gonna die.
0: That is, for me, you've ruined Ringu for me. Any reporter would have done that. Exactly. Why didn't they?
1: This is an older movie than Ringu.
0: But this is but this is the real Ringo. Blair Witch Project is <laughs> the real Ringo.
1: It's the one that DJ and that Rap crew is listening to. <laughs> Watching.
0: So Upon reaching the basement, an unseen force attacks Mike. Now, it's an unseen force because they have no budget. Yep, but it right. makes it scary, right? So that causes him to drop the camera and go silent. Heather enters the basement screaming and her camera captures Mike facing a corner. Something unseen attacks Heather, causing her to drop her camera and go silent as well. And the footage ends. Now,
1: the thing that's super... That's a good end. Yeah. I actually think that's a pretty good end.
0: Now, the thing that's super spooky about this is they've got their, like, you know, night vision thing on because they're in the basement. Mm -hmm. And they're looking around to see, you know, where's Mike? And when they actually find him, he's just standing there facing a corner. No explanation of why, whether it's witchcraft or whatever. And it's genuine. Like, I mean, I know they were unnerved before when there were three cans, but like around the tent. But but it is like genuinely unnerving. It's a good image. Peach, I feel like we went through something. Yeah, like then.
1: I'm, you know, I, I'm gonna need, I, I'm gonna need something. Uh, you're gonna need to give me something after this, go
0: Talk me through how you're feeling right now.
1: Heart real fast. Yep. Um, I've got some dark and spooky stuff to do later tonight. Going through dark, spooky, lonely places with lots of dark, spooky places to go. Yep. And I'm sort of worried about where my head's gonna be, and worried about the woman whose feet never touch the ground.
0: What do you think about? The Blair Witch, in terms of her being an antagonist, enough information about her to be mysterious, or would you like? Would you have liked more?
1: I think this is perhaps this is the greatest triumph of this film. Actually, now that I think about it, I, I think more or less perfect level of information. There's enough for me going like, what? Hang on, what? 150 years ago? Oh, the children? Oh, cans? Oh, what? There's enough for me to be freaking out and theorizing but there's also enough sort of concrete stuff of she caused Mike to be in there staring at the wall for me to freak out. I, I think right up there with um, The Engineer is one of the greatest villains we've confronted tonight. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh What's up?